You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. The 757 is steeped in high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give local sports the spotlight it deserves every single night. It's the 757 at 6 on ESPN Radio 94.1. Welcome back into ESPN Radio 94.1. Connecting with us on the phone lines here is Dr. Wood Selig, ODU Athletic Director. Uh, Dr. Selig, as always, thank you for for stopping by for our, our weekly chats uh, since we last talked, some new faces around the uh, the football program, the football facility, specifically on the coaching side. Uh, what made Coach Decker and Coach uh, Huddle the right fit for for Coach Ronnie and his staff? Well, I I have yet to meet them, uh, the two individuals you just named. But I, I, you know, from what I've talked with Coach Ronnie about, and and that's not unusual. You know, we give our coaches you know a lot of latitude on on who they elect to work with and who they elect to bring on board, both student athletes and coaches. But uh, Kevin Decker will be the new offensive coordinator at Old Dominion. He'll start any day now. Uh, he's coming from Fordham. And, you know, a lot of people might go, Fordham, really? You know, what, what, what's up with that? Well, you know, this past year, uh, Fordham was 9-3, and three, and Kevin Decker's been the offensive coordinator there for four years. Uh, the three games they lost, uh, they lost to Ohio University, uh, and they were in the uh, they were in the championship game of the Mid American Conference. Fordham is a one double A AA or FCS school. Uh, they lost to Ohio University fifty nine to fifty two. So his offense put up a lot of points against a really good FBS Group of Five opponent in Ohio. The other two games that they lost, they lost to Holy Cross, who went to the FCS uh, playoffs. They lost 53-52, to and they lost to New Hampshire in the FCS playoffs, 52-42. to So the three games that Fordham lost, their offense scored 52, 52, and 42 and got beat. So I think you put an offensive mind like Kevin Decker with a defensive coordinator that we have here, uh, Blake Seiler, doing a great job on the defensive side. You know, when we get beat 12 nothing to Marshall, maybe that turns a 12 nothing loss into a, a win, an easy win, if we get good offensive productivity. So I think Kevin Decker is going to be great. Fordham was the second in, in scoring in the FCS, uh, and he's been looking for a, a move uh, here. Uh, to, to the FBS level. Uh, he was a quarterback, graduated in 2012 from New Hampshire, uh, and just missed the game where we played New Hampshire. I think it was a 64-61 game, and Taylor Heineke set the record for 700 and some yards. Uh, Kevin Decker had just finished playing at New Hampshire the year before that. Uh, he'll be bringing with him offensive line coach Alex uh, Huttle, uh, he is you know, a graduate of Bowling Green, played football at Bowling Green in the Mid-American Conference, was on the Cincinnati staff recently that had some very good success, uh, transitioned to Fordham and worked with Kevin very successfully. So I think we've really helped ourselves from an offensive standpoint uh, already uh, with, with these two individuals. So I'm really looking forward to getting to know them and working with them and seeing what they can do here at ODU. We're talking with Dr. Wood Selig, ODU Athletic Director. 
Uh, Wood, we, we often talk kind of about, and, and from your perspective, the, the business side of things as much as we do on the field. I see, you know, 52, 52, 42. They, they averaged at Fordham 49 and a half points per game. We'll just call it 50. Uh, that sounds like a lot of excitement. It also sounds very entertaining from a, from a ticket sales standpoint. Are you licking your chops? Absolutely, Tim. I mean, yeah, the old saying, offense sells tickets, defense wins championships. And, you know, if that's the case, I mean, and this year, you know, we just reviewed our numbers with the Old Dominion Athletic Foundation board. We we had a, a lunch meeting today with the leaders of our foundation. Uh, we, we generated $3.2 million in revenue this year in football compared to $1.8 million last year. So coming off the, the bowl game, uh, having Virginia Tech, JMU on the schedule, uh, we increased revenue by 1.4 million. You know, I mean that that's a huge increase going from 1.8 to 3.2 million. So uh, we we sold 4,126 new season tickets. We averaged almost 20,000 per game. So we we had a fantastic year at, at the gate in the turnstile, and and we were three and nine. So, you know, if, if we can get some momentum, get some success, get an offense that really energizes the crowd and, and the team and, and match that up with the really good defense that we have already, I think we're going to really have something special at Old Dominion. And and with Decker coming in, the, the, the challenge is obvious, at least from, from where we're sitting for not only Coach Decker but, but the, the other offensive assistants and Coach Ronnie. But a, a couple more playmakers, as of this moment, looking like they won't be returning to ODU. Uh, we had already discussed Blake Watson. Ollie Jennings, leading receiver, goes into the portal. Zach Kuntz going to try his hand at the NFL and, and throw his name and test those waters in, in the draft process. Uh, is there a, a way to uh, I don't know, spin those, those exits as positives for the program, or, or how do you tackle that from the AD's chair? Yeah, no, I asked Ricky point blank. I'm like, okay, you know, on Monday, that was the first day of the portal. It opened up, but I'm surprised it didn't just crash and burn. There were 700 FBS football players that went into the portal on Monday, 700. So we have 16 ODU football players in the portal. And at first blush, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, 16? That's that's terrible. Well, of the 16 that are in the portal – Six are walk-ons, okay? So, you know, walk-on probably isn't giving you a whole lot, and they're probably looking for a scholarship. So that takes 16 down to 10. Uh, Five of the 16 are scholarship players that our coaches are just wondering, you know, are they going to really be able to play significant minutes at this level? So it's probably better for them that they find – uh, somewhere else where they might be happier and get more playing time. So there's 11 of your 16 in the portal. Uh, two are seniors. They they graduated, and they're going into their sixth year. And, and we we said, you know what, it's probably good that you, you know, play somewhere else. So, you know, there's 13 of the 16. And, yeah, Ollie Jennings, you know, he, he was probably going to go to the NFL before he got hurt, but now he probably needs to come back and get one more year for the NFL to feel good about him. And he's going to probably make six figures in NIL support from a power five. So that's hard to compete with. Zach Kuntz, NFL bound. Nick Salvadari, NFL bound. I mean, you can't hold those, you can't hold that against those guys. 
Uh, Blake Watson, yeah, yeah, guy, he's he's been here five years. He's already graduated. He has his ODU degree. Yeah, we'd love to have him one more year, but it's kind of hard to say, well, hold it. You need to stay here one more year. You Actually, he's done everything we asked any athlete to do. Come here, get your degree, be a, a great contributor on your respective team, and it's hard to hold that against them. So I don't feel like the portal for us right now is doomsday. And as a matter of fact, it, it might give Coach Ronnie, his new offensive uh, coordinator and any of the new coaches and returning coaches a chance to maybe revamp, revise the roster uh, in a very positive way. We're talking with Dr. Wood Selig, ODU Athletic Director. Dr. Selig, one of the things I, I like most about the, these weekly chats we have is that you know, you're, you're open to answering any question we ask and, and you, you, know, you kind of tackle them all head on. But it does feel like the portal is almost forcing everyone to handle things that way, right? We, everyone's seen Deion Sanders and how he was kind of just brutally honest with his new team, his old team, and, and, and everybody else involving the portal. Do you see that as, as one of maybe the unforeseen side effects of the portal and that coaches are going to be much more honest saying things like, well, you know, I don't, I don't know if you're going to play here, so that portal might be attractive to you or – yeah, if you can go get six six hundred grand somewhere else or six figures, uh, whatever it is, that might be the best option for you. Well, it depends. Uh, if staying with Deion Sanders, if, if what kind of luggage are you bringing with you? You know, <laughs> <laughs> is it Samsonite or <laughs> is it a duffel bag? Uh, you, you know, the, the the portal I think is is overall good for uh, student athletes and college athletics and. We we are putting some guardrails on it as a, as a you know as, as an organization within the NCAA. Uh, you know, I think of the folks who hit the portal, only thirty percent wind up somewhere. So it, it's a frightening number of failures who go in the portal and think they might be coming up with something big and glorious, but come up with absolutely nothing. So what the NCAA, because, you know, the, the, the myth is that everyone who goes into the portal is, is moving on to, to greener pastures and greater riches. And like I just said, out of our 16 guys that are hitting the portal, uh, you know, almost half of them are walk-on, non-scholarship athletes looking for scholarship opportunity. I, I bet that's not going to happen for most of them. So what, what are they going to do? So now what, what the NCAA is going to adopt in, in January is if you're transferring from a four-year college, like any of the FBS schools, to another four-year college, which could be FBS or FCS, you are, and, and you're an undergrad transfer, not a grad transfer, you are the property of wherever you transfer, because remember this this is a one-time transfer. We, we never pass unlimited transfer opportunities. You get kind of a one get-out-of-jail-free, one, one transfer. So you take your transfer, and wherever you wind up, from a four-year school to another four-year school, you are their responsibility until your eligibility is exhausted. So if you go with two years of eligibility left, you don't play or you're not happy and you want to move, you can leave, but you're going to cost that school another year. They can't give that scholarship out for two years. So schools are going to be very careful who they select, who they bring on through the portal, 
because if you miss on two or three or four members in the portal, you could have scholarships that are put in mothballs for several years until you take your 85 scholarship limit and you start shrinking it down to 83, 81, 80, and coaches aren't going to be willing to do that. So they'll they'll go look for the junior colleges because it's not the same rule. If you're coming from a junior college to a four-year college, you're not going to be their responsibility for the length of your eligibility. So you're going to see a little bit of a different approach, I think, across the country with who coaches are accepting off the transfer portal, and they're going to be really doing their homework and making sure it's the good fit, the right fit, for both the student-athlete and the institution. Dr. Selig, thank you very much for, for joining us. I, I know that the portal conversations are probably bogging you down, but uh, everybody seems really interested by it. So thank you for, uh, for sh- shining a light on it for us. Oh, yeah, it, it's fascinating, and it's always changing. And, you know, we're, we're in the peak of the portal season right now. It's been open for three days. 700 was the number who hit on Monday. I have no idea. You know, now that we're three days into it, I'm sure that number is well over a thousand. I, I I actually think I did see it as over a thousand, so it is growing at the rate you expect. But uh, thank you for stopping in. We'll we'll check back in next week. The number will probably be I don't know f- half of college football by then. So hope hope not, <laughs> but but we'll see. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you, Tim. Have a good week. All over Hampton Roads for the best in local high school and college sports talk. It's the 757 at 6 on ESPN Radio 94.1. 757 at 6 ESPN Radio 94.1 continuing on a Wednesday. I'm Tim Donnelly, Robbie Vogler, keeping us up and running. Thank you to Dr. Wood Seelig for joining us. Uh, You heard that conversation just moments ago. Dr. Woodseal, I go to use athletic director. A few things stood out to me about that. The transfer portal conversation, really eye-opening in a few different ways. One, how they how we kind of broke it down. First of all, I'm a former walk-on. I, I mean, there was no need to throw shots at walk-ons in general, but I do understand what he's saying, right? If you have 16 guys in the transfer portal and five of them are, are walk-ons, the ones that you want to keep, the players you want around are likely either on scholarship or being put on scholarship. And if they're going in the portal, it's probably looking for somewhere that will give them a scholarship, right? We talk a lot about how just putting your name in the portal doesn't mean you're gone. I have an idea on how they could get the walk-ons out of the transfer portal if they wanted them. You offer them a scholarship. No, I'm coming back. Look at that. I I do like it here. Uh, The other thing is, the cold-blooded nature of the athletic director going to the coaching staff and saying there are 16 names in the portal, let's break it down, and the coaching staff saying five or six of them, we don't know if they can play at this level. So that's almost saying addition by subtraction, right? We, if we can take that spot and give it to someone that may have a better future, that's going to help us. Then there's the Ali Jennings of it all. Right, Blake Watson and 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 Dr. Selig has told us this in the past. Blake Watson, I mean, five years with the program, he has his degree in his hand. You kind of say thank you and send him on his way. The Ali Jennings element of it is, and and again, the the candid nature from Dr. Selig, we appreciate. So oh, he's going to go make a hundred k. The way the way Dr. Selig put it was six figures. He's going to go make six figures at a Power Five school. Now I I didn't see like this is radio and that was on the phone so I couldn't I didn't have visual 
uh, uh, contact with with Doctor Selig. I feel like he kind of put his his palms to the sky and said, "Like, what are you gonna do? He's gonna go make a hundred k plus at some Power Five school. What are you gonna do?" That is fascinating for a few reasons. One, kind of the nonchalant nature that six figures was thrown out there. I have to be honest, I don't know what the going rate is in name, image, and likeness money for a college football player. To my knowledge up to this point, that or at least not, not, not to my knowledge, but like my impression of it up to this point has been if you're going to be a top first-round pick in the NFL draft, there's millions out there for you. And everybody else is fighting for like free meals on Main Street. Right, Everybody else is trying to get like the offensive line to the burger joint on Thursdays with a comped meal. The fact that, and Ollie Jennings is a good player, and I think he'll have a chance to find a role in the NFL. I don't see him as a, a day one, day two pick, but but he's good. He's good, and he was crushing it this year. If there's six figures out there for Ollie Jennings in the portal, now you're starting to see why the portal is so darn active. Right now you're seeing why, you know, I think he can be a number one wide receiver at the power five level, but that means the going rate for a number one wide receiver at the power five level is six figures. So if you are a number one wide receiver at the power five level and you're not making six figures, guess what you're going to do? Coach, I would like to go into the transfer portal. And then we, we aired a, uh, a clip from Josh Pate late kick podcast the other day, and he, he called them dippers. I say we need to find a better name for it. Dippers is going to make me feel foolish when I say it. But he was talking about players that are going into the portal just to bleed more money from the boosters at their current school. Right? So it would be the equivalent of Ali Jennings going into the portal, but saying if ODU can get me X amount of dollars in in NIL money, I'll go back to ODU. It's a threat. Now I'm not saying that's I'm not putting Ali Jennings in that situation. But Josh Pate was saying those players exist in college football and they exist in the portal. I have to be honest, I did not know there was a budget out there for every starter. And it's starting to look more and more like that, which brings me to two questions. Where was that money going before this existed? And if it was going to the players, they just did a good job of hiding it. How'd you hide it? I'm just curious. Two... Is it sustainable? Like, I feel like there's a bit of an art, like it's almost a bubble, right? Like, okay, to get Ali Jennings, you need to find 100K. And then, like, Georgia and Alabama, now I'm not saying that's where he's going to go, but I'm saying they get almost getting a rivalry. Like, you can find 100K, we can find 120. You find 120, we can find 125. I'll tell this story quickly here. Uh, In Myrtle Beach, there's a dueling piano bar. My my family, my, used to, my parents used to live in Myrtle Beach. We used to go to this dueling piano bar. And they would bel- just suck money out of the crowd playing fight songs. Somebody would walk up, put $20 up to the, the dueling piano bar and say, play the Georgia fight song. And they'd start playing the Georgia fight song. And they'd say into the microphone, we're going to keep playing the Georgia fight song until somebody comes up and gives us more than $20. Alabama guy would go up $40. I've seen it get up into the thousands. Like a bunch of... Auburn or South Carolina alum are like pooling their money. They're at a table going like, I got 20 on it. Can you come up with a hundred? I'll go to the ATM, but you guys get the rest of the 600. And I guarantee you that that group is waking up the next morning going like to play the fight song. 
And the funny part was it would last 20 seconds because then some other some other school would put more money up and you're, you're, you'd be knocked off. And it was just like, what is going on here? That's happening right now in name, image, and likeness. And I don't know if next year they're not going to wake up and say, for... For the third wide receiver, that's what we, that's what, but it's going to be interesting to watch. That's it for the 757 at six. We're going to turn things over to some ODU play-by-play. That's right. Even though the 757 at six is getting bumped off early, it's still 757 relevant. So stick around for that coming up right here. Thanks to Robbie for keeping us up and running. We'll see you tomorrow.